everyone. Welcome to another episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts and here with my friend, colleague, and co-host, Mr. Ken Miller. How are you? I am good, Wendy. Always good to be with you. You as well. And today's topic, low back pain. So we have actually kind of done this as a series. And, you know, unfortunately, we're like, okay, what do we notice every single day with our clients? And it's usually like, oh, my shoulder hurts, or I woke up kind of weird, and my low back hurts, or my ankle hurts, and my knee hurts. So you know what? We just wanted to go through all the major joints, and so today we landed on low back pain. And Ken, I know you know this, but one of the reasons that we also wanted to talk about this in this episode is because 80% of our population has either had or will have low back pain sometime in their life. So seems like a pretty good topic to touch on. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially because it's a affecting so many of us here, especially in the United States with, you know, people working from home. Um, but one of the things, and Wendy, I want, I want to get your perspective on this, is that I've actually had more inquiries and actually a couple new clients that are on the younger set as far as being high school, uh, even junior high when it comes to uh, having these low back issues. Because again, they you know, a lot of them took a year off or had a modified um, competition schedule, and now they're going full bore, right? Now that seasons are in full effect for sports, uh, now they're trying to do sports again, but having taken a year off or, like I said, modified schedule, and they're sitting, you know, they've been sitting around, you know, before schools opened up again. And, you know, unfortunately, I'm getting more feedback from younger kids as far as having tightness or experiencing some kind of low back issue, especially during activity, whether it be running or throwing or, or whatever it is that they may be doing. So unfortunately, the the population that we're addressing this topic with has gotten bigger. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because actually about a month ago, I had a 15 year old. I actually worked on their parents before, but I had one of the, the father actually called me and said, Hey, my daughter has experienced some low back pain. She's a competitive gymnast, ready for mm -hmm. this competitive gymnast, gymnast at 15 and spends three to four hours a day, yeah. okay, five days a week, um, you know, in the gym doing, you know, whatever routines she, she is, she's like, you know, and of course, the first thing you hear is, Oh, but she's so flexible and oh, you know, and, and when I actually assessed her and looked at her, she's extremely ex like flexible because I mean, think about the amount of hours she's doing some of the stuff that she's doing, but there's really an important concept here. Is there something called relative flexibility, which means mm -hmm. you're super, you know, flexible in, in, you know, particular joints or, you know, one side of a joint, but think about what's happening on the, you know, the other side, it's actually being compressed that can lead to irritation. Plus, she had a huge curve in her low back because of the ending position. You know, they actually teach you how to arch and throw your shoulders and chest yeah. back every time you land, a, you know, whether it's a jumping pass or you're doing something on the vault. And so, you know, when you think about this, one of the most common causes, like you said, is not just sports and everything, but it's the repetitiveness that you're doing every single day. So whether you are that weekend warrior that plays sports and you're super competitive over the weekend or you're the desk jockey that sits or you're the mom that has the hip hike because you have a brand new baby and you have to hold on to it while you're doing the dishes and doing everything of life. Um, <laughs> you know, all of these things and just, just stress, stress in general can lead to low back pain. And so hopefully by the time you're done listening to this amazing episode of Random Fit with Ken Miller and myself, 
you guys are going to feel amazing if you are starting to get some low back pain or you think you may be a future victim to low back pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully not. I mean, you know, with that statistic that you put out there, Wendy, earlier, 80% of the population has had or is experiencing some kind of low back issue. I mean, but there are those 20% <laughs> that that don't. So there, there is, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, when you brought up that gymnast client of yours, uh, one of the things that I did when, when I was a strength coach at Cal, uh, one of the teams that I had was women's gymnastics. And unfortunately, um, for as being as graceful and as powerful as they are for the sport that they do, um, you know, not one of them didn't have some kind of low back issue, you know, mm -hmm. at some point in time, some that was more, you know, prevalent and chronic than others. But for the most part, you know, they would, you know, the funniest thing is when I worked with them the first day and I was showing them a kneeling hip flexor stretch and, you know, Wendy, how much we love, you know, opening up the front of the hip. Well, one of them goes into that stretch and she just gets into this nice big lunge and she's like, oh, this is easy. And then she arches her back into it, right? So oh, she yeah. gets in there, she's driving her knees, her driving her uh, knee forward and she's arching her back. And she says to me, and you talk about relative flexibility, that was her first lesson in relative flexibility because all that motion was coming out of the low back and not the front of the hip. So she had all this range of motion, but it was coming out of the wrong place. And so one of the first lessons was, all right, let's go ahead and move into this slowly. Let's tuck your hips under, squeeze the cheeks, a little bit of activation through the midsection. And then lo and behold, she's like, whoa, I have never felt that stretch in that area like that before. So that's, that's just one of those things where you can, you know, when we talk about flexibility, which is one big part about low back issues, or actually a lot of injury injury issues to begin with that there's going to be limited range of motion someplace and as far as the low back is concerned part of that is coming from the front of the hip and then you know looking at some of the strategies you can incorporate yourself to get yourself out of that stressful position does require not just a, a good um, exercise selection but it also requires good technique so you can get you know, someone like your gymnast and have the, the best exercise for them. But unless they learn to get away from something that they've been taught over and over and over again, because like you said, they're just taught to arch their back and they're really good at it. Unfortunately, they're too good at it. So. So what yeah. you're saying then yeah. is more is not better. Um, so you want to think, oh, it's all about positioning. And that is so, yeah. I think, a big key. Yeah. So, you know, here's, here's kind of basically, I, I say this all the time, Ken laughs at me, but the short and skinny of all of this is, you know, most of the time, as Ken just mentioned, people's hips are super tight. You know, you're, you're in a seated mm -hmm. position. So the front of the hip is in a crunched position. You know, if you're a runner, you're constantly having to lift up your, your, you know, your knee. So a knee drive, it, it requires your hip to flex. Like everything is basically causing repetitive mo motion where that hip flexor in the front of your hips um, is in a shortened position. And the thing is, is, is those of you guys that are new and don't even think about anatomy, but you, you know, where you're trying to figure out what we're talking about is if you're in a seated position, your body now thinks, okay, this is what it's used to. That becomes the new norm. So when you try to stand up, if you've been in a seated position for a long period of time, those muscles in the front of your hips remain 
in a short and tight position because they've been in that position for so long throughout the day. And so if they stay in a shortened position, then it kind of throws your hips kind of in a forward position, which means it's going to increase that low back arch. And those of you guys that are like, I don't know what she's talking about. If you want to just stand up and you actually like arch your back, you know, and, and continuously hold that and really try to make a huge arch, that's your normal position when your hips are tight. It might be exaggerated, but we're trying to get you to feel that. So think about the compression of the discs in the lower back. And so if we can get you to stretch out the front of your hip and bring your, your pelvis in a more neutral position, it starts to let go of that lower, you know, compression to those, those vertebrae in your lumbar spine. And you get some relief just by doing one specific stretch. And to, as Ken mentioned, you know, if you're really arching your back and going into like a forward lunge and you're like, oh, but I feel it in the front of my hip. Well, there's a muscle called your psoas that attaches to every one of those lumbar spine in your back. And it's a hip flexor. So instead of leaning forward, just kneel down into a 90-90. So the front legs in a 90 degree position, the back legs in a 90 like degree position, suck in your tummy and tuck your butt underneath. And then you should feel a stretch. Something that simple. You can do it home, hold 30 seconds, relax, do it again if you want, do the other side. I mean, there we were trying to give you guys some quick tips that you can do, but open up the front house and then you need to strengthen the big old booty in the back. <laughs> uh, and I, and, I, and I, one thing I want to put out there too, Wendy, is like, I don't want it to sound like we're oversimplifying it, but what we are addressing are postures and positions that most of us are incorporating. And, and like you said, it's just as an overuse issue, mm -hmm. right? You sit down too long, uh, you you have a lot of uh, mileage when it comes to running, whatever it is you're doing a lot of. And it's really easy to pick on the front of the hips because that's what most of us wind up doing, right? We, we sit down to whether you're behind the TV, the monitor, your laptop, your your uh, your phone or your tablet. Or you live in, in California and in Atlanta yeah. and you're just stuck in yeah. traffic all the time. That's another thing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that, no, that, and that's and that's the thing, right? Traffic, traffic is on the rise again, right? So I know. People, yeah, I know. You, you, I know. Like now, now I have to look at my watch and say, "That's four thirty. I don't know if I should uh, head out there right now." <laughs> Before it's like four thirty. I'll be there in ten minutes. Mm -hmm. um, but whatever it is, you're doing a lot of, and you know, there are other things you can look at as far as you know, tightness is concerned. We're talking about overactivity. And when do you pick down one, which is the, the front of the hips, the hip flexor. But again, the other, another major muscle that crosses over the hips that can be a little overactive and doing a little too much is, uh, you know, and a lot of people don't give this a lot of credit, especially when it comes to the hips is, is the, is your lats, mm -hmm. right? Because of how it affects that low back uh, position, because of how it connects into your into your pelvis, promoting that low back arch. So again, if you have a monitor or a keyboard in front of you, chances are your shoulders are going to be forward. You're going to be hunched over a little bit. And these this muscle, even though if it connects to the upper arm and then streams down the backside, it affects not just the the low back but also the shoulders. So one benefit of addressing that area is you know, is the fact that you're going to get more bang for your buck because you affect the upper body and the lower body. But again, when we we talked about regional interdependence and the fact that no one region of the body operates 
in and of itself. It depends on other areas of the body doing what they're supposed to do. So we can talk about the low back, but we would be, you know, incomplete in our answer if we didn't consider that the low back has a neighbor below, which is your, your hips, your backside. And then it has a neighbor above, which is now your upper, upper spine, your thoracic spine. So in order to relieve tension or get to get the low back to function better, we have to look at the neighbor north and south of the low back to offer some relief and, and you know, decrease some of the tension that does pass through that region. Oh, very good. Very important muscle. Absolutely. And those yeah. of you guys that are just joining us, uh, my name is Wendy Batts. I'm here with Ken Miller. And we're talking about training through injury, specifically the lower back this time. And uh, Ken obviously just talked about the lats. And to your point, Ken, I, I usually will tell people, you know, if when in doubt, foam roll the lats, stretch your lats, because to your point, mm -hmm. it can cause roundness in the shoulders. It can cause like that neck tension and and, you know, obviously the compression to your lower back. And, you know, it, for those of you guys that aren't sure how to roll or use the foam roller for your lats, it's not that you're rolling your entire back. It's actually you're laying on your side and sticking it in your armpit region. And that usually people are like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. because, you know, and, and so if you think about you're laying on your side, your arm is extended by your ear and you put the roller underneath your armpit and you roll to pretty much the bottom of the rib, like the, or I should say the bottom of the shoulder blade and then roll in the yep. upper, you know, upper armpit region and just kind of find that tender spot and marinate on it. You will be super surprised how uncomfortable that may feel in the very beginning, but then how much relief you get. I mean, just after a few sessions of doing that, if not even immediately. Yeah. I'm all about, I'm all about the roller. Give me a good yeah. roller. Yeah. And, you know, and just to show the relationship, you know, just a quick exercise that some of you guys can do, whether you're watching us or if you're listening to us in your in your car on your long commute home as you sit in that hip flex position, uh, something that you can do when you're not behind the wheel is what I what I like to tell students or even my clients just to show them how important the upper body is relative to the hips. I'll have them put their hands across their shoulders. Right. And I'll have them flex their spine. Right. Slouch, exaggerate a slouch and then rotate right and left. And then what I'll have them do is I'll have them sit up nice and tall, you know, so it's like you're, you're, the top of your head has a string tied to it and it's pulling you up towards the ceiling. Get your elbows up and now rotate left to right. And the question I like to pose to them is, okay, where do you feel you had more range of motion? All right, it's when your spine was tall, when your elbows were up. So what that does is it, freeze up those vertebrae to move, right? And you have, of course, now better recruitment of your muscles to turn left and right. So if you're walking, walking is a, about counter rotating of the shoulders and the hips. So if your shoulders are turning to the right, your hips are turning to the left. So if I can get better rotation through my upper body, I'm going to stand to get more rotation or the ability to get more rotation, at least my upper body is not restricting my hips from rotating to the opposite direction. And because you have now that that liberated movement, I'll say just to pull out a good scrub. Liberated. I'm liberated. I feel I'm so free. liberated. I'm free. You freed up the low back. Which actually, that's a great scrabble word, right? Uh, yeah. So from, from that standpoint, 
you're allowing stress to disperse throughout the body versus getting locked in on one specific area. And I think that's where, you know, if you talk about low back tension, we don't have to, it doesn't have to be pain again, within the scope of a personal trainer's practice. You know, we're not there to address pain. We are there to address movement and movement dysfunction when it's observable. But when it comes to getting the hips and the shoulders to move, you know, one of the things that we have to do is free up the shoulders, free up the hips, and that allow that low back to do what it's supposed to do, which is more stabilizing. Well, I think that's, that's an important key too, because, you know, when you think about the spine, I mean, just, just know this, your cervical spine, which is like your neck region and your lower back should, as Ken just mentioned, it should be stable. The only portion of your basically your spine should be your thoracic spine. So basically the shoulder blade area should be more mobile. And unfortunately, because of the rounded shoulders, everything we're doing forward head, you know, just in a forward position, being on a keyboard, looking down at your phone, you know, just basically life that brings us forward, then it's actually limiting the, the mobility that we have in the mid back. And so we're trying to get now mobility from the lower back, which should be stable. And so we should be getting the mobility from the hips. And so if you play golf, if you play tennis, if you play a rotational sport, lacrosse, anything, you should really be able to get your hips moving and work on your glutes being powerful. So therefore your lower back can stabilize your hips instead of it being the prime mover of something. And that's when you start to hear people are like, oh, I've got you know, bulging discs, or I need, you know, I've got, mm -hmm. you know, like, what is it? L1, L2 or L3, you know, like you, you hear all these yeah. same, same areas because people's sacrum gets locked and it should actually move as you extend, it should move as you rotate, it should move. I mean, not excessively, but it should actually have some movement. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. because we do these repetitive movements, some of these bones and, and muscles just kind of get locked down and adhesed. And so therefore it really does cause just that uneasy feeling. Like you just, you just feel like you can't move. You're not as mobile. You're not as free. Um, and, and it's like, you know, as you said, pull up, you know, if you try to extend your spine, like you said, with the, with the string and you pull yourself up, give your erectors, which is what holds you straight up. Give them a break. <laughs> they're, they're, they're yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're asking for help. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we all need help. Now, Wendy, I know you're. I know you're probably sick of me saying this phrase um, when it help comes me, to the low you. back. No, nah, well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's your phrase. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, the, the the phrase I like to put out there, especially when it comes to the hip and the low back region, is what the hips lack hurts the back. Right? Are, are you tired of me saying that? Yeah. No, I just think it's yeah. Shakira. I mean, I think yeah. if she was locked down, she wouldn't have her moves, and you know. Hey. She wouldn't be she the wouldn't artist. Be yeah, we, we, she wouldn't be the artist we know her to be today. Uh, <laughs> but the phrase I like to put out there is what the hips lack hurts the back. And you know, just to give credit where credit is due, I get that from my friend and uh, uh, colleague, mentor down in San Diego, Anthony Carey, who's brought that to my attention. And that's where I was like, oh, that's re really helped me gain the concept of, okay, if the hips are lacking mobility, if the hips lack stability, if they lack strength, well, guess where all of that has to come from, right? The, the low back is usually what takes a hit. So like you said, Wendy, you know, we, we often get posed with, with uh, comments like, yeah, I've, I've got, you know, it's 
in my MRI that uh, my, my L4, L5, L4, L3, somewhere in that region, there's, there's some kind of, you know, disc issue. So when the hips don't move well, and we're not just talking about front to back, like, you know, sitting down or even running, we're talking about your ability to rotate the hips, to turn the hips in, to turn the hips out. Because when we walk, your hips are doing a lot of rotation because, you know, the femur has to connect into the, the hip socket, right? And if there's lack of rotation there, that's going to affect how the pelvis moves. And to your point, Wendy, you know, one bone's connected to the other bone. So that will affect how the, the SI joint moves or does it move, right? So if we can't share that tension, there's going to be a locking down of the joint, if you will, just to put it very simply. And then, and then things get acclimated towards moving a certain range of motion. And, and again, because of that repetitive motion, the body gets used to that, which unfortunately, it's the joint that takes the hit and all that compression, because we can't move well, as far as accelerating and moving into a position as well as decelerating. That's us, you know, as an example of that is now if, if you have problems using your glutes, now, when, you're, when your foot hits the floor, when, when you're running, now that's that, more, that much more impact or ground reaction force that has to translate through the foot, the lower leg, the upper leg, through the hip, and into the low back. Unfortunately, and, you know, the part of it is, is that the back wasn't meant to move a whole lot, right? Because it's basically a, a, a unit of the body that's meant to stabilize well if the area that's supposed to move isn't moving well the low back is going to take a lot of that brunt of of the of the energy coming up from the ground up into the body so we have to to your point when you really look at the hips as far as how mobile they are and how stable they are so getting into some of the exercises that you can do there's a lot you can do to strengthen the glutes because when your hips are stronger that means the low back doesn't have to work as much. Mm -hmm. And um, those of you guys that are just joining us, we're talking about training through injury with the lower back. I'm Wendy Batts with, with Ken Miller. And Ken, I think you just bring up a really, really good, important, um, you know, just basically everything that you said about talking about just how we move and how we need to be able to move in three planes of motion and, and accelerate and decelerate. Um, but another one, one thing I did want to mention in this episode, because I find it to be very common with my clients and Ken, I'm sure probably yours as well, is if you notice your posture isn't just about a low back arch, but you notice that your feet are slightly turned out. So ideally, you want your toes pointed straight ahead, just like you have skis. But unfortunately, because people's calves get tight, their feet slightly turn out, and that's what causes your feet to turn out. So you weren't really made to be that way. That's just how life is has you now because that's your new, quote, norm due to tightness and a, and a compensation. But when that happens, a lot of times it'll cause this muscle called the piriformis, that is in your, basically in your upper butt region. I mean, if we're gonna try to keep it layman's terms and it attaches, you know, obviously to the, to your pelvis. And this muscle isn't made to be like a gigantic glute max, like doing this powerful muscle. But unfortunately when your feet turn out, it actually ends up working a lot harder than it should. And depending on your genetic makeup and depending on who you are, um, your sciatic nerve can either run right beside it or through it. And so if that muscle is irritated, it's tight, it's unhappy, then what ends up happening is it can compress on your sciatic nerve. And so people are like, oh my goodness, I feel like 
my leg is going numb or I, I really feel this pain and tension in this area. And it's usually like in that low back kind of upper, upper glute region. If you can sit on a foam roller on that muscle and you just marinate on it, and I don't care if you sit on it for a whole TV show, whatever it takes, as long as your leg doesn't go numb, because you don't want to be on the nerve um, and you can get that muscle to relax. It can, I mean, I had a client literally getting ready to go into surgery and all we did was relax that muscle and got her glutes to fire and her low back pain disappeared and her just by realigning her hips and getting that muscle to lay off of that nerve. And it's amazing what we as trainers can do, but you also have to be dedicated on the other end, whether you're the client or, you know, you're the fitness enthusiast that are having some of these issues. Yeah. And I think we just need to clarify, Wendy, that we're not telling people not to get surgery if, if it's, it's been diagnosed that they can't, but they, you know, they, they should do what they can to move better. And, and if you can get better on your own through movement, through, you know, like, like, and that's, I love that example uh, that you bring up because it, it means that there, there are things that we can do to manage our, our own bodies. Mm -hmm. Right. So if, if we're empowered to, to know that, okay, well, I move this way because I have some certain muscles that are over doing too much and I have muscles that aren't doing enough. And then if you understand that, then you know that there's muscles that need to relax. In your example, it's using some kind of self-myofascial technique, as well as doing some strengthening exercise for those muscles that aren't doing enough. So in that case, we you addressed uh, an over, a, what can be a typical, you know, quote unquote, typical overactive muscle with the, the hip rotator of the piriformis. But also if you're doing some kind of bridge or clamshell or something that gets the glutes to wake up, right? It's supposed to be the most powerful muscle group in the body. And if you can do that and relieve tension through your own body, you can self-manage and you don't need, a, you know, well, we all need a personal trainer, right? Accountability, mm -hmm. exercise recommendations and all that stuff. But you, we don't have to go through such extremes as, you know, going under the knife and having surgery when if we've explored everything else and the you know, and you're limited, more and more limited on your options as far as pain relief, then, then so be it. But I think the the example that you have there, Wendy, and, you know, I've, I've got some examples of my own, as, as well as I'm sure anybody else who's assessed somebody looked at looked at where they're, they're dysfunctional, and help them find some answers of, okay, well, if I'm not with you, if I'm only with you one hour a week, and there's 168 hours in the week, well, what are you going to do the rest of the, the week if this comes up again? Are you going to pay $150 for a personal trainer just to tell you to do the same things that you've been taught to do? No, doesn't doesn't make sense. You know, so from that vantage point, if you if you if if you have the means to self-manage these issues, especially with the low back, again, at the prevalence of 80% of the population, and if you can find an answer that you can duplicate on your own, there's no reason why when this or if i guess it's not so matter of not so much a matter of if it's a matter of when for a lot of people it's okay well what are you going to do about it when the situation arises mm -hmm. and i think it's important and and i and i'm you know i've shared this story multiple times and and the reason why i 
I am very passionate about doing corrective exercise and really spending time on foam rolling certain areas and stretching the areas that I know need it. Because again, we don't need to statically stretch muscles that are in a good position. You know, at that point, we would do a different type of stretching to warm them up before activity. But if you know that there's an area that is compressed or, you know, like tight and, and you know that and you know exactly the musculature that you should work on in order to relieve that, it can make a significant difference. And, you know, I went, I was having some issue actually in my cervical spine. I know we're talking about lower back, but they said that the only way to relieve my issue was actually through surgery and that they wanted to fuse two of my discs together. And if you think about the spine, think you've got like, imagine you have a jelly donut. And then you've got, you know, um, you know, jelly donuts that go like you got a jelly donut, then you got a space like of, of like something, um, I don't know, something gooey in the middle and then another jelly donut. So mm -hmm. think of your spine as jelly donuts. And then you've got a muscle that's actually compressing it because it's tight. Then if you keep on compressing and compressing and compressing and compressing, eventually that gel, that jelly is coming out the other side of the donut. Right. If you just if you squish one side, it comes out the other. What we need to do is that compression that's squishing that donut, we need just to say, hey, lay off and let it go back to where it's supposed to and then strengthen the side that was allowing that compression to happen. And oftentimes you can fix yourself without having to do that. And I am someone that did that. I never had surgery. I ended up saying, let me try corrective exercise first. It's something I have to do every day. I, have, I do traction. I do corrective exercises and I have full use of my limbs, my neck and everything. I'm rocking it like like I did back in my younger years. And so, you know, just as, as you said, Ken, I mean, get professional, get professional advice. Make sure that it's something that you know what it is. See if there's any alternative to surgery by doing strengthening. If there's not, obviously, you need to do what, what's in your best interest. But don't just say, oh, you know, this surgeon knows everything. He went to school. Mm -hmm. um, for this when when I had another way out by just saying, let me try this first and then know that this is my my other alternative. If that doesn't work. Please don't cut on yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And if you don't have to. And, and I think the other part of it is, Wendy, is the fact that and we, we're kind of talking about the term or the, or the the process of, you know, the 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 squeaky wheel often gets the grease. And a lot of times the low back is that squeaky wheel. So a lot of times you want to focus on that. So there are, you know, with heat and vibration, you can do a mm -hmm. lot to relieve some of the tension. But, you know, sometimes the issue is somewhere else. And, and to, your, to your point that you brought up earlier is like it could be the foot and ankle. Your foot and ankle may not be moving well. Um, and the example I brought up with the shoulders, it could be your shoulders aren't moving well and that's putting more stress down the chain versus up the chain as in the example of the foot and ankle. So getting that guidance and actually evaluating yourself from a holistic standpoint, not just from a metaphysical holistic, but from a whole total body movement pattern and seeing, okay, is, is my low back an issue? I mean, one extreme example is that I had a baseball player, he, again, shoulder issue but his his right shoulder issue as a pitcher was because he couldn't stabilize through his left foot and ankle and the low back is you know right midway up that chain so i've all you know as an example that was a more of extreme example of going up and down the chain but there's been plenty of times just by getting somebody to get their foot and ankle to move better tension in the low back has gotten better 
And that could be a, for a lot of reasons, right? You've stimulated some proprioceptors at the bottom of the feet, which now have this connection with the low back and the hip region. So you've just basically turned on, you know, certain muscles up the chain versus down the chain just by stimulating the feet. So again, if that is your background as a, as a trainer or even as a consumer, um, as far as looking at your foot mechanics and, and seeing how well your foot and ankle can move to help again, the, the hip extends. So if the foot does, if the ankle doesn't flex well, uh, neither will the hip, as you said earlier, Wendy. So that's just another example of making sure that not limiting your, 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 your vision on what needs help, but looking at, you know, it could be, Hey, maybe you just need to take off the shoes 30, 30 or 60 more minutes a day for you to feel, to feel, you know, have the back move the way it's supposed to move. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different things. I know we could probably spend hours and hours talking about, yeah. you know, common, common reasons for low back pain and everything. But I think, you know, for me, the, the key takeaways is if you have low back discomfort for any reason, there is hope. And there are certain things that you can try on your own. It's just, you have to commit to anywhere from, I usually say three to five minimal, you know, minimum um, three to five times a week you know, take your foam roller and, you know, foam roll the, your calves, foam roll the outside of your quad, like on the side of your leg, foam roll your piriformis, which is in your upper like side of your hip, you know, the front of your hip, So your TFL and then your lats, you know, and try to get some movement in your thoracic spine. There are so many different things. Just if you take your foam roller, find something tender, sit and marinate on it until that pain either goes away or you feel a significant decrease in tension. And then statically stretch those same muscles. And if you do that yeah. on a flexibility side, that's going to help. But then once you do the flexibility side, Ken, what should they do after that? Because remember what we do on one side <laughs> of the joint that's overactive, we need to do what on the other side? Yeah, we, we just, you need to, you need to activate, you got to move. Um, you know, so a lot of people don't do hip strengthening, right? A lot of people don't do balance work, something that's going to integrate the hip. So I always say, you know, when in doubt, just just move. Again, pain-free range of motion without compensating, and or in the example we brought up earlier, without arching your back or tilting your hips forward. You know, get up and move. Turn on those turn on those hips. Nothing wrong with laying on your back on the floor and doing you know twelve to twenty floor bridges. If you get one set. You've, you've done, you know, more than just sitting down. And I think to add on to your takeaway, Wendy, is just don't sit down too much. Don't, don't you know, if, if, if you can break up those 60 to 90 minute bouts of sitting and don't to, do too much of one thing, you know, for an extended period of time. So take your breaks, move around a little bit, get some blood flow. And like you said, Wendy, if that means foam rolling, if that means doing some floor bridges, just something to get some blood into the area. Cause a lot of times, you know, we're, we're feeling or we're more sensitive to pain because we just don't have a lot of oxygen. So just get up and move. And, and I think, you know, that's not the end all be all, but it's better than just sitting and doing too much of the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. So yeah, this this was a good one. I think uh, I think hopefully you know if you guys are ex unfortunately experiencing some low, low back issues, you know that there are some takeaways that you've you've taken from both Wendy and I. And as always, Wendy, thank you so much. 
for all that you've had to share today. It's always a pleasure. And if you want to hear more from us on Random Fit, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can to give you guys what you want. So just let us know by like, follow, subscribe, and comment. And again, until next time, take care and be well. Oh, 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 oh,